Hello again, join heirs, uh, church family. Uh, we return again to the book of Esther, chapter 3. Uh, again, uh, just uh, for you, that hopefully this is not your, the first one in, first like, session that you're in, and you're not just jumping into this, but that this is you're actually following through with it. Uh, because this time around, I'm just going to go straight into the our application points. I'm just not. I'm not going to summarize what's going on too much uh, because I figured uh, I should take more time and just uh, explaining the text. Um, so you remember that our our main learning points, the things I would take away from this, is how uh, what are bad reasons to be persecuted for? And you remember yesterday we talked about how you don't want to be persecuted for past controversies, and we looked at the the genealogy between both Haman and Mordecai and how. Their history or their ancestors goes all the way back uh, to not even First Samuel 15, but even all the way to Exodus. And uh, I, I, I mean, there's just basically this little tension going on between them where Mordecai does not want to honor um, Haman because of all the stuff that's happened in the past. And he's holding on to things that he doesn't have any um, really control of anymore that he needs to learn to just let go uh, because had he just honor him in the way that he should, uh, there wouldn't be Esther chapter 4 and beyond. Uh, because of his own type of um, pride and uh, self-focus, he brought the Jews into a state where they uh, were going to be killed. So that's the first one. Don't be persecuted for things that are uh, just past controversies. As Christians, we're called to forgive and let things go, and we're called to just be faithful in the way that we live and to show grace uh, to those in our in life, especially those that have done us wrong. And our second point, in terms of what is a poor reason to suffer poorly, is that you suffer because of petty customs. And we see this in, in verse 2 to 6. Um, I'll just read, I'll just read in, uh, sorry, in verse 2. All the king's servants who were at the king's gate bowed down and paid homage to Haman, for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai neither bowed down nor paid homage. Uh, then the king's servant, who was at the king's gate, said to Mordecai, Why are you <coughs> why are you transgressing the king's command? Now it was now it was when they had spoken daily to him, and he would not listen to them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's reason would stand, for he told them that he was a Jew. Uh, when Haman saw that Mordecai neither bowed down nor paid homage to him, Haman was filled with rage, but he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him who he, him who the people of Mordecai were. Therefore, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai, who were throughout the whole kingdom of Asherahs. Now we see how their, uh, Mordecai chose not to pay homage to the king. And, and I said in, and I think the last one, that there was actually more than just the, uh, the, the background issue. But I think this is actually, uh, I think when we read it, we see this as like, okay, Mordecai doesn't want to pay homage because, uh, that's like worshiping him. Um, and I don't think that's what Haman is saying. And, and even if he was, uh, Mordecai eventually, actually later on at the end of the book, when he's placed in an elevated position, he actually expected other people to pay homage to him. So I don't think Mordecai here is thinking about, uh, oh, I'm going, I'm sinning against God here by paying homage to him. And also, in the Old Testament law, there actually isn't a command that you cannot pay homage or, uh, or show honor to a king or to, to show honor to anyone in, in high uh, regard or place. 
right? I mean, you look at uh, in Genesis how um, the twelve brother uh, Joseph's brothers uh, pay homage to him when he was in Egypt, uh, and it wasn't like paying homage meant that you worship the guy. Um, so Mordecai here was is not doing these things because of a religious reason or 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 um, even though as, as, uh, even though it seems like it is a religious reason, it actually, that actually isn't the reason. Uh, he doesn't want to pay homage to him just because he just didn't want to do these things. Um, he felt that uh, um, he he felt that during this time it's actually funny because at this time is when he reveals to the world that he was a Jew. Now you have to see that it's convenient, right? I mean, this whole book of I mean, chapter two, he was telling uh, Esther not to reveal to people that he's a Jew and she's a Jew, but to keep it concealed. But the moment where he needs to do something that he didn't want to do, he decides to pull the, 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 the ethnic card or the, or the religious card. You know, it's how it's convenient, you know, he was, uh, and I find that people, even sometimes Christians do the same thing. They live a life of compromise. They live a life without anyone even knowing that they're a Christian. And all of a sudden, there's something that comes up, uh, and then they pull the Christian card. You know, they're like, uh, let's say, for example, someone who's just a lazy worker. You know, they come into work late. Uh, they don't work hard. But they're really good at leaving early because of, oh, Bible study. Oh, I need to go to the small groups or, or church. You know, and it's hard if you're an employer to argue against that, you know. But... You know, it's it's not the right way for Christians to just use God or Christianity as a whole to just get out of things. And that's what Haman is doing here. He's using his ethnicity, his race to kind of uh, cover up just basically disobedience. Um, and we understand we see this even in the Pharisees did the same thing. You know, the Pharisees in the New Testament, one of the things that Jesus said to them in Matthew 15 uh this is Christ speaking to Pharisees, Matthew 15, verse 1. And some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do you, your disciples, break tradition of the elders, but they do not wash their hands when they eat bread? And he answered and said to them, Why do you yourselves transgress the command of God for the sake of your tradition? So the Pharisees did the same thing. They were certain things that they held to or compromised, but um, there were certain things that they held to that was above God's law. Verse 4 of Matthew 15. For God said, honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father and mother uh, is to be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father and mother, wherever I have that would help you have been given to God, he is not to honor his father or mother. And by this, you invalidate the word of God for sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. See, these Pharisees, much like Mordecai, uh, had certain rules and customs that was that they would only do if, uh if it's if it's convenient for them to do so, if it revolves some sort of sacrifice or something that was uncomfortable for them, uh, they chose not to do it. They held to certain customs or certain traditions that made them basically choose to they choose to follow those customs for sake of uh, doing whatever they want. And that's not how the Christian should be. Uh, don't you don't want to be persecuted for something that really has no significance. Again, there are some people that just it's just convenience that they they choose to pull the the, the the Christian card or the religious card, and you should never use the name of Christ to do whatever you want because it's poor testimony. You understand that that when people see that in your life, they they, they notice this type of pattern, they will call you a hypocrite, whether to your face or behind your back. But as Christians, what do we? How are we supposed to think about customs? 
there are petty customs that sometimes we hold to that we need to learn to just let go. Um, and for example, in our Chinese culture, one of the things that, uh, if you're, especially if you're eating with elderly Chinese people who are hold, who hold to certain traditions is that the youngest person is supposed to pour the tea, right? And that sounds like, oh, that sounds so, uh, 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 ritualistic and, and, and ancestor worship. Like, no, it's not. It's just a cultural thing. Just, just do it. It's not a violation of scripture. So just go and submit to it. Uh, don't start problems over these things. I mean, I've heard people say, like, if the Bible doesn't say it, then I'm not going to do it. And then you point out, like, okay, then you should do this. Like, well, the Bible doesn't prohibit something, so I'm not going to do it. You're basically using scripture to just, uh, to be just, to be an offense to other people. Romans 13, verse 7 tells us this, render to all what is due them, tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. You know, as Christians, we're called to just be a good testament. We don't want to be a stumbling block for things that really uh, have that really have no significance in the long run. Uh, rather, <laughs> if there's one thing that we want to be a stumbling block to, it's, it's our gospel testimony. What should make other people uncomfortable is not the fact that we are rebellious or, 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 or going against the social norms. It's that our, 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 our Christ-likeness is a stumbling block to them. First Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 17, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Christians can do anything as long as it doesn't violate God's word and, and your conscience. And I think the first one, I think we understand, right? We understand that if it's God's word, if it's like, okay, uh, don't do this or don't eat this <laughs> or don't do that because the Bible tells you not to do it, then yeah, that's easy. But there, it's a second one that um, that can be tricky. How do you know if something is violating your conscience? And I think even scripture has an answer to that. You know, Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians tells us about things that are just Christian liberties. We need to be able to discern uh, what is uh, actual sin and what's just a weakness in our own part. I have a friend, uh, when he was in seminary, he used to wear earrings. Uh, and he, uh, he, was, he was a guy that wore earrings, and that was back then when it was cool for guys to wear earrings. I don't know if it still is now, but he had a roommate that uh, that was bothered by it. And he told him, like, but I know that the earring thing is just a fad, and I know it's not a sin, it's not written against scripture, but it's just a stumbling block for me. It's, I'm the weaker brother, can you please not wear the earrings? And that, that pastor did, my pastor friend did just that. He just took off the earrings and never wore it again. Um, that's what you want. If, you, if your conscience is weak, you should never want to stay weak. You should always strive to, be, to grow out of it. You know, sometimes people think that, oh, some Christians might think drinking is is wrong and that's okay for them to think that but you have to understand what does the bible have to say versus what your conscience has to say because sometimes your conscience can be misinformed and you're living you're binding your own conscience for things that the bible doesn't have doesn't actually prohibit but if you know god's word and then you could do it with a clear conscience you could by all means do whatever you want as long again as long as it doesn't violate god's word and again and if it doesn't violate your conscience i think we see this in romans chapter 14, verse 22, um, or we'll just actually go back up to verse 21. It's good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he's, his eating is not from faith. 
And whatever is not in faith is sin. So there are things in your life that you should be able to, uh, certain customs even, that you should be willing to let go. And some things that you maybe is just a, uh, an order of things, uh, uh, certain cultural things, you know, there, these things are not, there are a lot of things that are just, you just have to learn to let go and don't use a, your Christian um, identity as a reason to just offend others. But there are things that you need to learn to say no to. And a, and a mature Christian strives to understand what is a, uh, a preference versus what is a command. Um, immature Christians have no clue what, uh, which one is which. And they, and they tend to just use the Christian card whenever it's convenient for them to do whatever they want. So as Christians, um, don't leave a bad testimony. Be consistent with your life. Uh, if you say that you don't want to do something, um, be consistent with it. Uh, don't just pull the Christian card when it comes to something that you want to do or you don't want to do. Uh, live a faithful life. Live a consistent life. Live a life that is uh, consistent with what you know of Scripture. Um, don't be persecuted over holding on to customs or not doing certain things because of your own immaturity. Rather, be a stumbling block if it's actually because of your Christ-likeness. So that's the second one. The first one, again, is like don't be persecuted because of past controversies and don't be persecuted over petty customs. Uh, tomorrow, and, uh, and we're going to close off chapter three, is this. Don't be persecuted because of your poor character. Okay, um, I am praying for all of you. I do hope that, uh, again, if you guys have any needs, please let us know. Um, we can't minister to you unless we know there's something, things that are going on in your life. Uh, so please feel free to email us or um, and you know, text whatever you need. Uh, we're we'll make ourselves as available. Yeah, we're gonna make ourselves available to you. Um, and again, to hope this study is helpful to you. And I will see you guys tomorrow.